0: Hello, beautiful, and welcome to the podcast where we're moving the conversation forward about the choices you make in your daily life. I'm your host, Monica Cox, and I'm here right alongside of you, learning, growing, observing, and trying to make better choices consciously and subconsciously. Together, we're going to become better versions of ourselves and have raw, honest, open conversations about the things that truly affect our lives. And maybe, just maybe, finally get to a place where everyone else's BS doesn't trigger us. one of the things that's been coming up for me is just this radical responsibility, right? Mm-hmm. Because that's what it comes down to. Everyone has to take a radical responsibility of their choices and of their life. And what's that conversation around that? How do you get there? How are you willing to be open enough to go? Yeah, I am creating my that. reality. Yeah, I mean, I I love that kind of a conversation, because I think
1: that's where we really see significant change in our lives, right? Like, you and I met through the fertility space, but the idea of radical responsibility is ubiquitous. Like, it applies to everything. And when you said that, I thought a lot about, you know, we live in a culture right now where victimhood is celebrated. Yes, And I think that there's a significant difference between saying, hey, this is true in my life. I had XYZ happen, but to see yourself as a survivor and somebody who uses that experience to catapult them forward versus somebody who sees themselves as a victim, somebody owes me something because this happened and I'm going to stay stuck in the story of victimhood um and never move past it.
0: Yeah. I got to agree that especially here in America, you know, you're in Texas, I'm in Hawaii, um the the someone who, the, the owingness, right? Mm. And not taking accountability of your actions towards um the reality that you're co-creating with everyone around you. What? Why do you think that is? Like, how did we get here in the first place?
1: I I think because it's scary as fuck, Monica. It's scary as fuck to be able to say, I am creating this experience, right? Because of the amount of, you know, if we're talking about radical responsibility or extreme ownership, as the great Jocko Willink says, you know, I love that, that turn of phrase, but it means that we have to be willing to look at the ugly, inconvenient, aspects of ourselves, right? Debbie Ford talks about the dark side of light chasers, right? We all have this side that's messy, stinky, irresponsible, icky, probably embarrassing that creates sabotage in our lives. And if you're not willing to look at that, it's a heck of a lot easier to point fingers at just about anybody than to say, hey, I'm going to take a look at my role in this, right? Because when you realize that you are creating this, right? The one common denominator in any scenario is you, right? You follow you everywhere. This brain goes everywhere. It's portable. Um, But when you do that, that level of self-reflection, and I think there's also a level where that level of responsibility is probably scary to people. Mm-hmm. like just as much as I can be responsible for the poor choices that I've made in the past, I can also be equally responsible for the brilliance. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a point where that becomes like the light becomes more frightening than the darkness. I think I think that's the another thing is that we, I think with the media influence, I think some aspects of culture, media, advertising, um, standard American education, I think that we have been sold a line of goods that we are victims. And when you think about it, Monica, think about what you get to do. If you have a nation or a culture of victims, you have control. Yeah. So we see the control in the hands of other people. Instead of understanding our God-given innate power as human beings and as creators of our experience.
0: Yeah. And you know, it's so funny. So obviously I grew up in America. I left when I was about 18 and I really left at 22. I lived in the United Kingdom for 14 years, married a New Zealander. So I have a very different view on being an American now because I got out of that bubble right? And when you don't realize that you, um, I don't know, are growing up in this victimhood, if that was what's happening in like the 80s, 90s, maybe it shifted, you know, maybe it shifted in the 2000s. But you were really brainwashed to believe like America was the best. End of story, full stop. Like, that that's how it was. And when I went to Australia at 18, and people were like, when America's not the best, you guys, we think, they used to call us sepo's, and I don't know if they still do, but I was, like,
1: <laughs> I was, that? like,
0: uh, like, a septic tank, like, they really oh. had this, like, view, and, like, it was such a shock to an 18-year-old of, like, really, like, but aren't we the best, don't we take care of everyone, like, blah, 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 like, all this rhetoric, right, and it really opened my mind and my eyes of, like, the reality is that no one's the best, right? Like we're all like in this world together. We have different ways, different societies, you know, like all these different things. But as you said, like we're creating victims now in America. And they, even when like, I feel like I'm someone in my power. I feel like I know how to use my discernment. I know my intuition. I know what feels right and stuff. But there is this kind of like hopelessness too of like, well, what do I do to help change the collective um, consciousness out of this victimhood? So when it comes down to radical responsibility, shifting through this narrative that is what I personally feel is like... um, like the chicken got its head cut off and it's just fucking running around now, <laughs> like no, like no one knows what's going on. Yeah. How do you hold strong in your radical responsibility to not only create the reality that um, is yours, but also contribute to the collective, right? Because we are living in a collective reality, right? At the same time,
1: right? Well, and I think you're you're making an interesting point. Because I think it is cultural. And I think that there was a shift. Because if you look at baby boomers and the post-World War II era, you see a, a surge, you know, I have never lived outside of the United States. Um, but you see, at least in this country post-World War II, you know, there was this sort of uh, idea we can all work to rebuild the the country. You know, there was this incredible baby boom. There was, you know, a boom in industry. It was one of the most prosperous periods of time. And then you start to see this shift, right? So I, I, you know, my opinion of it, and it's just on some basic research there, I mean, unquestionably, there are multiple factors that play into this unquestionably. But I also think that there's influence, there's a level of cultural Marxism,
0: Mm -hmm. right?
1: There's a destruction of the family. There is Um, You know, I also, I don't identify as a feminist at all. Uh, There's multiple waves of feminism. We could go, that could be a whole nother discussion. Um, (laughs) But I I think that those incredibly good ideas uh, were hijacked at some point. And I think that what was intended to lift women up, actually, I think, turned the family structure inside out. And we start to see a cultural decline where, you know, it's while it's amazing that women are, you know, with the Equal Rights Act and all these other things, you know, lifting women up, we also see this image that, well, you're supposed to be superwoman. You're supposed to do everything, okay? And it doesn't matter that you have a full-time job. You're supposed to come home, look beautiful, make dinner, please your partner, all of this crazy shit. And I think people just got exhausted at some point. Mm -hmm. And so you start to see the destruction of the family. And I think demographically, we see this across the board, Uh, different races, different religions, different age ranges. I mean, what's also interesting to me, I was doing some research on this relatively recently, is if I'm, I'll have to get you the citation, but there was a, a paper, and I think it came out of the University of Wisconsin, that since 2007, there's been a 20% decline in birth rate.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: Like, it. I mean, there's so many different things, right? So you could say that was, you know, what, what occurred, okay? We have birth control. We also have a rise in the use of plastics, things like that. I mean, there's like all of these different factors coming together that leads us to a place where people feel broken, people feel tired, Women feel disenchanted with what they've been sold as feminism, Mm -hmm. unhappy in relationships, wondering why, like, okay, I've got all these degrees. I get to my 40s. Now I want to have a baby and wow, I can't do it. Or everybody's telling me it's too late. So I think that there's something that's happened to us as a culture where there's a level of despair. There's a level of disempowerment where everyone's kind of going, uh, you know, And, you know, we're not encouraging like I'm Gen X, so like we were drinking out of our garden hoses, latchkey kids, you know, you, you know, you you slip or and fall on the ground, your mom rubs some dirt in it like it was, a, it was definitely not the, you get a prize for participation, like it was, a, I think there was a period of time where we were more conditioned to be resilient. And I think that's what this is really about like somewhere along the lines. Like an entire generation has not been given the tools of resilience. So if you aren't giving the tools of resilience, it's very easy to slip into victimhood. Mm -hmm. And then this idea of radical responsibility, not only does it seem foreign, but you haven't been equipped to see yourself in that. I don't know. That's kind of a long-winded historical (laughs) answer, but I mean, (laughs) but if we're trying to look at where it came from, I think there's a, a bunch of things, a bunch of different things that if- if you took a macro view of it, you would start to say, "Wow, this this smells kind of intentional, at least in my view. Yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, there's a fine line of conspiracy theory, you know, uh, talk, and it's it's hard it's you walk that line, right? Because you just do wonder, like where it came from, and I think when you bring up Gen Xers, and I'm I'm borderline Gen Xer Millennial, right? I can sit in both camps, and um, the whole kind of resilience was there, but was it overly there, right? Did it did it get to a point where um, we didn't have good like to know what emotions were? right? Like I'm resilient. Like you put me out in the world, I'm resilient. But then that, that mean I, I went way into that, like feminist camp of like, I can do it all. I don't need like a man. I don't need your help. I don't need this. And then like, all of a sudden I'm like dealing with fertility issues at 27 and then like spazzing out because I need to work a 40 hour work week, do IVF on top of that. Um, And then all this other stuff going on, right? Did we get pushed too far? into that resilience camp and not once again have the coping mechanisms to to deal with it and it's I feel like it's this massive layered system where there's so many like you say so many different facets that I don't know if they could have planned it right (laughs) like I I think like there was like this agenda that agenda this agenda and like I don't I almost kind of feel like if there is these powers that wanted to just suck all our energy out right if we're talking like that they just want to control us they need us in a fear state they don't want us to be in empowerment they're laughing because they're like oh this worked out way better than we ever (laughs) ever thought it could because we threw so much different shit at them right like we confuse them so much that we're here now Like cleaning up a lot of shit.
1: Mm Hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there, there's a. I mean, I think it's hilarious when you think of the term conspiracy theorist and where that comes from. You know, the intelligence community creates that, (laughs) right? So, so you create that scenario so people aren't critically thinking and connecting dots because Mm -hmm. if you critically think and connect dots, you must be a fucking conspiracy theorist, right? Instead of being somebody that can see patterns, right? So, so even if like. There wasn't something, you know, out there, whatever that may be. Um, you know, I think when we look at the change, I think the '80s were a really interesting period of time where people were navigating, right? So we're navigating, you know, the the post-feminist, feminist, you know, uh, period of time where, you know, here we have the the late '60s, '70s. You know, I kind of use the Kennedy administration as sort of this marker where that Camelot thing sort of fell off and then it was replaced with something else. And so you see in the eighties that there's this shift of this extreme, you know, you, your are doing everything, bringing home the bacon, right. Doing all this stuff. And then you have this generation, which, you know, is sort of like, okay, I guess I just figure it out. And then we have this extreme opposite where everyone's realizing, Oh, you know, nobody took care of me. I'm going to, you know, really take care of my kids and helicopter parent them. And then you see parents totally infantilizing their children out on the playground and not allowing them to play and be, you know, little hellions, you know, mm-hmm. and, and get dirty and all this other stuff. So I think there's this very interesting cultural sort of uh, swing back to equilibrium is where it is so you have you know these two extremes but we all end up somewhere in the middle yeah. and and i think that the shift toward more radical responsibility kind of is that that swing back to reasonableness because at some point people aren't going to take care of you right yeah
0: you got to take care of yourself well no one's going to care enough to take care of you <laughs> yeah right? yeah yeah like you you are the only one who is ever going to care enough to make your life what you want and even if you have a helicopter parent they're not taking care of you they're enabling you
1: yeah yeah I mean there's
0: yeah I mean I I see that
1: now like as a as a woman who uh had a baby in her 40s like strong mid-40s, almost, you know, burgeoning on late 40s, depending on how you look at it. Um, You know, I, I, it's like my son's being raised in a very different way. Mm-hmm. You know, we also choose to not have him in in public school. Um, You know, we also have been very fierce about what his education is going to be. But, you know, the reality is that, you know, where we are today, if we're not empowering, we're enabling. Yeah. There kind of isn't a middle ground. No, no. Um, be- yeah. What do you think about that?
0: Yeah. I mean, I see it rife uh, very close to home, right? Because when you shift into this radical responsibility, um, nothing is like almost nothing is hidden. Like you still have blind spots in yourself. But I feel like you're very more able to see everyone else's bullshit, right? And it's just like, I know that you love them. I know that you think this is the best way. I know this is what society says. But like that kind of waking up, right? Of like, no, like use some discernment. You know, like look at the patterns that just keep happening. Like you say, you could see the patterns, and I, I do think that you still need community, right? Like it's scientifically proven that that's the one of the number one things for your health is community. Knowing people have your back when times are hard, or support, or someone to talk to, um, feeling a part of things. But I. I do, I have seen in my own communities, a very um, disconnection, like they're showing up, but are we really a community? Mm. Like, really? Like, is that really what's going on? Right? And when you choose to uh be in certain places or whatever your life circumstances are and you have that knowledge and you're walking around with this radical responsibility like okay I'm gonna walk in the room with a smile on my face um and some joy in my heart because that's what I want reflected back to me and you walk in and you're like everyone's like looking down no one smiles (laughs) at you you know And, and you're like the Cindy Lou who like and that's like so not normal for me right like I like I was the person head down like protection like resting bitch face like all that stuff right and when I became radically aware like well no wonder that my reality is the way it is right now because that's how I'm presenting myself and they're just like reflecting back on me but it is interesting to move through life um a little bit more awake than your fellow community members for a while and maybe they never wake up right like uh, like that's not your responsibility either um but yes i i struggle now with uh conversations and community that there's n- zero radical responsibility
1: mm. you know i mean to answer your question it's, it's uh... I think it's really interesting. I think the radical responsibility in the true community begins in the family, Mm. because I think ultimately how you operate as a family is going to, you can't deny that energy. Like when you speak openly and everyone in the family is encouraged to think critically and we don't have to all agree in order for us to love each other, we can vehemently disagree about things, but that ultimately We come together as a family and respect the differences, you know, like my husband and I, I mean, sometimes we have the most wild disagreements, you know, but we, we know where our feet are planted. Right. So we have like, and I'm, as a former prosecutor, I love to argue. I love, I think it's fantastic, you know, to share ideas, (laughs) not like in a, in an adversarial way, but in a truly curious and, um, committed to exploration and um, a willingness to learn from other people and, and take on, um, you know, different experiences to integrate them into my own. Um, you know, it's, I think that the way we operate in the family can get translated into how we operate in the world. We are also coming out of allegedly (laughs) a, a post, uh, pandemic era where, I think not only was victimhood celebrated, it was also encouraged that you be flaky, right? Like you can be flaky because if anyone tests positive for COVID or anyone has a sniffle, you know, people run in the opposite direction, right? So instead of thinking critically and be like, well, this is something that has a recovery rate in the high 90%, you know, and if I take good care of myself, have some vitamin D, then I can interact with other humans. But we're coming out of a period of time where legit, People couldn't see each other's micro expressions because they had a face diaper on and all of these different things were coming out and like people just kind of hunkered down. So I think, I think what we're, we're probably in is a rebuilding phase, but we also saw during that period a a very, a significant divide. There were people that were living in fear and there were people that were living in what I would call discernment. Now, certainly people would argue with me about that. Um, But I also live by the idea that if it leads with fear, reject it. (laughs) Because I don't live in fear. I don't live in fear, right? You know, so I think there was, whether it was people intended it or not, they're kind of developed into these two very different camps. And I think people are coming out of that and people are kind of, I don't know, having to rediscover how to build community. And yeah, absolutely. It's fascinating.
0: Yeah, it's really fascinating. I mean, you obviously are in a, a red state. I'm in a very blue state. So um, it's very interesting to watch the polarities of both sides and like how you say like the swinging of it and how, um, in my opinion, th- uh, this is, completely um on purpose the divide right they took that shit and ran with it and made it even worse and worse and worse and you know we're we have both lived you know I'm in my 40s too we've both lived long enough to know that red and blue were different and they were on different sides and they had difference of opinions but then all of a sudden you couldn't even have a good conversation with someone if they believed you needed a, a jab or they didn't. You know what I mean? It was so heated. And I, I think that was part of um, the fear, right? Like make them hate each other because once they hate each other, we can do whatever the fuck we want.
1: <laughs> 100%. I mean, well, and I think that this transcends red and blue i i i honestly think that red and blue is artificial
0: yeah
1: i think absolutely. it's i think it's a, a scam i think that we're um a lot of that is theater because if you do like one thing that i would i encourage people to do is put your phone down get in your car and start driving around the country see real humans mm-hmm. because the thing that we get fed in you know when you start looking if you've ever seen the the what is it the social uh the social something on Netflix that documentary. Oh yes
0: media, yeah uh uh-huh. yeah.
1: uh whatever that is i don't remember the name of it but you look at how engineered by their own admission most of the stuff is and if you've seen any like there's some really cool content creators out there that have put together videos of news where every channel Every anchor is saying the same thing. It's like everybody got the same script, right? And when you have, if when you, I stopped watching TV, uh, in 2020. Yeah. I think it was like that, that. Turned it off in 2020. Should have turned it off a long time before then. <laughs> um, but when you when you look at a media and or the powers that be that have a ticker tape on the bottom. Of the broadcast of deaths like what are you doing Mm. right it it it's very interesting like the i think we're going to look back on this period of time with a lot of regret probably remorse um probably also a lot of um you know people who kept their eyes open and refuse to follow the narrative are going to probably feel even stronger. Um, there are gonna be some people who bought into the narrative that are gonna be asking themselves, how did I get here, mm-hmm. right? So I see this, I, I think as crazy as this time is, I think it's also a really interesting time for us to explore our discernment and to get really clear. I mean, going back to the you know the basis of all this, the radical responsibility, how did I get sucked up into this? Yeah. Right. How did yeah. this happen? Right. And I, I think being willing to explore those things and no judgment either way. Yeah. Right. Like exactly. I don't like I don't, you know, I'm not interested in politics because I think it's a scam. I think it's theater,
0: mm-hmm. as I've
1: said before. Um, but when you look at how some families were torn apart. Yeah. On on certain questions, like, I mean, there are people in my own family that, like, it was really clear that if I was somebody that that chose to exercise my medical freedom and to make choices for myself based on my own research, that I was not going to be able to be a part of that event. And so, and that was really interesting to me. Like, I didn't, you know, in the end, it, it was a little bit shocking, but at the same time, I'm like, okay, cool. Right. It was actually a really interesting thing where you could take radical responsibility. I will take radical responsibility for what I know to be true in my heart. Yeah. You get to take your radical responsibility for what you choose and let the chips fall where they may.
0: Yeah, and- I I, yeah, I definitely agree with that for sure. All right, guys, we are going to pretend like it's 1992 and we are going to pause this episode. It's to be continued. This is called anticipation. If you have not felt this in a really long time, you're welcome. I think it's a feeling that we all need to bring back into our lives. So make sure you hit that subscribe button so you don't miss an episode. And thank you once again for tuning in and looking forward to continuing this conversation on the next episode. Thank you so much again for joining us here on Choices. You can go ahead and leave a five-star review because we're all friends here. But if you really want to move the conversation forward, please connect with us on our social media accounts, which you can find the links below. Have a beautiful week and we'll see you next time here on Choices.